It's time for another episode of The Adventures of William Ruby, Private Detective. Brought to you by Amber Silk Beer. Amber Silk. So smooth. So rich. It's the beer that feels as good as it tastes. Buy some today. Will Ruby here. I'm not like the private detectives on radio and in the movies. I've got a little cash in the bank, enough to cover office rent and flat rent and a few dinner dates here and there. Dinner dates with my one and only lady, Frances Frankie O'Shea, who also happens to be my business partner. I don't have a bad rap with the law, mostly because I work hard to keep my nose clean and partly because my big brother George is a lieutenant in the homicide division. He'd kill me if I ever screwed up. That's the other thing I have that most other Seamuses seem to be lacking. Family. My father passed years ago, but my mother's still very much alive and I see her on a fairly regular basis. Nobody's perfect, of course. Not even me. My family isn't either. Every family has a black sheep somewhere, even the Ruby family. I hadn't thought about our black sheep for a while as she had up and disappeared a few years back. I was about to think about her again. A lot. I was also about to think about how to catch a thief and a murderer. It all happened a couple of weeks after Frankie, George, and I had wrapped up a case about a con and a tourist. The rain had finally stopped, but it was cold. Colder than I remembered in Los Angeles ever being. Business was just as cold. There hadn't even been an inquiry since our last case. By the start of the second week, I was so bored, I was reading the phone book. Frankie was being much more productive. She was reorganizing the files. At 10.34 that morning, I got a phone call that would change everything. Now, Pooh, who could be interrupting me now? I'm right in the middle of chimney sweeps. The ad for the Flues and Hearths Company is positively fascinating. It might very well be a client. Why don't you answer and find out? Killjoy. Ruby and O'Shea Detective Agency, your conundrum is our passion. Oh, that is clever. I would love to hear more of your witticisms, Mr. Ruby. But I'm afraid I'm not in the mood at present. I'm deeply distressed, in fact, and I'm sincerely hoping you can ease my burden. Lillian Hasling here. We met at my friend Bernice Truesdale's funeral. Mrs. Hasling! I remember you. You told me all about your days as a silent film actress. Now, what seems to be the trouble? Theft, but not the usual sort. Would you please come and see me? I don't venture out of my home much anymore. Of course. I'll uh, bring my partner, if that's amenable. If your partner is still that delightful Frances, then I insist she come. (laughs) She is indeed. And more delightful than ever, I might add. (laughs) Glad to hear it. The address is 1034 Arcobaleno Drive in Bel Air. Hurry, would you? This is sticking in my craw, as we used to say in the westerns. We'll walk out the door as soon as I hang up. We have a case, I take it? We do, courtesy of the enchanting Lillian Hasling, a.k.a. Lillian Paulette, the silent movie queen. Uh, We met her at Bernice Truesdale's funeral. I remember her. Lovely woman. She thinks you're delightful, just so you know. I'm clever. Let's go show her just how delightful and clever we are. Madam, Mr. William Ruby, 
and Miss Frances O'Shea. Oh, good. Thank you, Potts. Would you please have Aurelia bring us tea and some of Cook's marvelous cake? You two must try this cake. Very good, madam. Sit, sit. Kowtowing is not allowed in this house. <laughs> not that anyone would anymore. Memories of my fame are as distant in the past as the pyramids of Giza. Not to me, Mrs. Hasling. I had a chance to see your Joan of Arc at a revival festival. It will always be one of my favourite films. Bless you, my child. You flatter an old woman who takes that flattery gratefully. But quit that Mrs. Stuff. I've been a widow for longer than I was married. The only name I use is Lillian. You mentioned a theft that wasn't of the usual sort, Lillian. What did you mean? The theft itself was run of the mill. Someone broke in last night while we were all asleep, crept into my boudoir, and helped themselves to the contents of the jewelry box on my vanity. It's what they stole along with the jewelry that has me in a tizzy. An irreplaceable heirloom? An irreplaceable portrait. It's a tiny thing, just two inches square. I had it framed in rubies, but they're not what make it precious to me. The portrait is of my darling Isolde, the daughter I lost when she was only ten years old. She had a rare and curable form of cancer. I mourn her loss to this day. That portrait is one of the only tangible memories I have of her. I don't know why that jerk bothered with it. He can, he can have the darn jewelry for all I care. It's insured, but I want that portrait back. Excuse me, signora. Cook asked if you would try this new cake. None for me. I have to keep my girlish figure. You test it, Will. Francis? <laughs> you don't need to ask me twice. Uh, thanks. Uh, really, uh, do you live in? Si, si. I have a room off La Cucina. Why? Did you hear anything last night? No, nothing. I was very tired. I went to bed early and slept like a, a, a rock. I knew nothing of the theft until this morning. So sad about that Signora's jewels. Such pretty things. Do you require anything else, Signora? No, no. You're excused. Who, who lives here besides you? Normally just Aurelia and Potts. Cook is a day worker. My son, Tristan, is visiting for a few weeks from New York, so he's here as well. He's been treading the boards off Broadway, but now he wants to try his hand at pictures. Which I'll be doing shortly, Mother. I have three auditions lined up this week. Hello. What a lovely creature you're entertaining. Tristan Hasling, and you are... Francis O'Shea, private detective, and spoken for... I am Will Ruby, also a private detective, and the one who spoke. Clever. Well, you certainly can't blame a man for trying. I take it you're here about the theft. We are. What do you know about it? Other than it happened? Not a thing. I had a late business meeting last night and didn't get home until the wee hours. I didn't notice anything odd, though I wasn't really looking. Of course you weren't. Who looks for jewel and portrait thieves? Portrait? They took the miniature of Izzy as well. Yes, and that's what upsets me most. I've hired Will and Francis to find it. Are you off? Yes. Audition number one is in half an hour. I have to find Potts first, though. He was brushing my good suit. Mm, I haven't seen him since he let these two in. Come sarn it, where is he? Not like Potts to disappear. 
missing, Signora. I was looking for Potts. Any idea where he is? Why, no. I have been upstairs making the beds. I will seek him out. Signor Potts? Oh, there you are. Ah! Uh-oh. Frankie, let's go. You two, stay put. Aurelia, what's wrong? Mamma mia! Potts, he is dead! He sure was dead. If the wide-open, unseeing eyes didn't prove it, the dagger in his chest did. Frankie took Aurelia to the living room to calm her down and keep an eye on the others. I went to the kitchen to corral the cook and call my brother. George was unusually agitated, distracted, but he promised to come right away. I spent the time waiting for him, searching the butler's room in the crime scene. In the room, I found a hidden stash that contained a pack of Oasis cigarettes, a small bottle of 25-year-old scotch, and a pile of movie star gossip magazines from the 20s. Potts had a bit of a crush on his employer, judging from the dog ears on certain pages. It said to me that he wouldn't have robbed her, but that's all it told me. It wasn't a thing to indicate a motive for his murder. As for the knife in his chest, it was an ornamental piece, brass with a carved brass handle, inlaid with glass stones and mother of pearl. A matching one hung on the wall in the hallway where he was found. Kinda put the cook on the bottom of the suspect list. It would make sense that she would use a weapon she wasn't associated with to throw the scent off, but this murder wasn't planned. I could tell. The cook was up to her elbows in cake frosting when I found her anyway, and her apron covered in chocolate. Potts would have been streaked with it if she'd killed him. Lillian couldn't have killed him either. Aurelia and Tristan, on the other hand, had opportunity. Did they have motive? That was the question on my mind when George arrived. It wasn't his first question, though. How do you happen to be at the scene of a murder as it occurs? How do you too, big brother? Coincidence. I'm here to interview Mrs. Hasling about a robbery, and someone broke in last night and stole jewelry and other items. She hired us to track it all down. Well, mighty odd coincidence. But I suppose it could have happened. Or is it a coincidence? I don't know. Yet. What's eating you? Wake up on the wrong side of the planet? Uh, family stuff. Dory's having a rough time with this baby. Doctor wants to put her on bed rest, and Dory's resisting. Oh, I'm sorry to hear it. If there's anything I can do, let me know. No, there is, as Dolores isn't the only issue, and I will. I'll explain later. What do you know about this? Yeah, not much. Frankie and I were in the living room with Lillian and her son. He had just come in looking for pots here. Lillian rang for him. He didn't appear. The maid Aurelia came in and Lillian sent her off to find pots. She found him. Well, she found this. Yeah, looks like it was an unexpected attack. Done in the heat of the moment. He didn't try to catch his fall. Uh, now what is that, a fancy letter opener? Yeah, ornamental knife. It was up here on the wall in this mound. Yeah, you can see the outline on the wallpaper. Now, there's another one on the opposite wall. I don't know how you spotted that with all the paintings and stuff on the wall. I can only barely see there's wallpaper. Never seen so much artwork in one place. They're all different sizes and styles, too. I kind of like it. I could see spending a rainy afternoon or 20 studying all of them. Yeah, you would. So, the 
knife came from the wall decoration, so it really could have been a heat of the moment thing. Maybe the jewel thief came back? Maybe, but in broad daylight? That would be brazen to say the least. It's possible he was almost caught by early risers, hid until he thought the coast was clear, then tried to sneak out and got caught by pots. That makes as much sense as anything, I suppose. For now. All right, introduce me to your uh, cast of characters, would you? Only if you shake off the attitude. You're worse than a, a grizzly bear in March, and I like my client. <clears throat> uh, yeah, sorry. Um, Dolores is really that bad, huh? Is there, uh, is there worry she'll lose the baby? As long as she does what she's told, no. And then she's trying to be good. She really is. No, no, it's the, um... <clears throat> it's, it's the other matter. Really don't want to discuss it now. Later will be soon enough. <laughs> Maybe for you. My curiosity is already very itchy. Just so you know, I can account for Lillian. I think we can write off the cook, too. The other two need looking into. Uh oh, Lillian, uh, this is my brother, Lieutenant George Ruby of Homicide. Pleasure to meet you. You too, Lieutenant. Now, I thought you said there was a son here, too, Will. Well, Tristan went up to his room to make a phone call. He'll be down shortly. Fine. Will, would uh, you poke around outside? Maybe your eagle eyes can find something. Sure. Frankie, give me a hand, would you? Something's upsetting you, Will. What is it? Now, my brother. Something's eating him. He said Dolores is having trouble with the baby, but that there's something else going on as well. Must be that something else. I talked to Dolores yesterday. She said the doctor suggested she stay off her feet as much as possible. But he wasn't overly concerned. Don't tell me. Let me guess. George heard that and panicked. <laughs> That's what happened, all right. Any idea what the other thing is? Nope. He just said family stuff. Mm, Dolores' mother can be kind of pushy. Help! A man just broke into my house! Now why doesn't that surprise me? Hey, there he goes! Go around the house to the left. I'll go to the right. Hey! Hey, cut that out! I'm the good guy, remember? Oh, Will, I'm so sorry. He was right in front of me until I rounded the corner. I thought, sure, I'd caught him. Are you okay? Suffic sufficiently embarrassed, but <laughs> not broken. You saw the thief? I just caught a glimpse. He was wearing a long black trench coat and a black fedora pulled low, so I couldn't see his face. Same size as you. We should go after him. Nah, if he could vanish before your eyes, he's, he's long gone. Well... Guess we know who killed Potts now. He must have gotten caught in the house and killed Potts as he escaped, like I suggested. Let's go tell George. What happened out there? Uh, another robbery. Looks like my caught-in-the-house theory holds water. And now we have another robbery. Oh, just swell. I'll send a man over to deal with it. Do me a favor and scram. The fewer people underfoot, the better. Only if you promise to call me and tell me what has turned you into a, a badger with a stomachache. Well, stop by your office when I'm done here. 
This one has to be told in person. That morning was almost more than my pea brain could take. Two robberies, murder, and my brother acting as if the world was going to end. I almost didn't want to know what he needed to tell me. Who was the thief? Did he kill Potts? If not, who did? And why? Too many riddles wrapped in too many enigmas inside a big, fat mystery. Frankie and I stopped for lunch at our favorite diner, Sadie's, before we went back to the office. My ham and Swiss didn't help my brain to come up with any revelations. My office, on the other hand, held a life-sized answer to the mystery. What should we do first? Background checks on Aurelia and Tristan? Or start calling around to pawnbrokers and jewelry shops? Both. I'll do the background checks, you can do the shops. Yeah. The office door is ajar. Didn't we lock it before we left? We did. I did it myself. Who do you think broke in? I don't know. Could be George. He does have a key. Just in case it wasn't and they're still there. Get behind me. Ah, Frankie, I'm glad homicide is on the way over. I have questions. Harry! Hi, Willie. Long time no see. Miss me, brother? I've missed you. That's a loaded question. What did... How did... Where... <laughs> as glib as ever. You must be the famous Francis. I'm Harriet to my mother, but everyone else calls me Harry. Harriet... Ruby? He didn't mention me to you. Not too surprising, I guess. I'm the second of the Ruby offspring, Willie's big sister. Also known as the unmentionable black sheep. Harry! I told you to stay home until I told him. No, you told me to stay home until noon, Jojo. When I didn't hear from you, I figured it was safe. Nothing is ever safe when you're around. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, Will. I, I really wanted to break this to you gently. Uh, thanks for the thought, but I don't think that's possible with this kid. You've been gone, what, five years, six, no calls, no letters? Then up you pop like you were here just, just, just yesterday. Hope you didn't give Mother a heart attack. It's only been four and a half. Mother doesn't know I'm here yet. I just got to town last night. I went to Jojo first because his was the only address I had. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've been so absent. I'm sorry I didn't give you advance warning that I was coming. I should have realized it was going to be a shock. I didn't have time, really. I was still in the middle of a shoot when I got the call for a job here in America. I only had maybe a day to pack up and jump on an airplane. You really should have at least called from the airport. It is rather inconsiderate to assume people will greet you with open arms when you arrive unannounced. Easy, Frankie. I, I appreciate the defense, but despite my reaction, you don't really need to show your claws. Yes, this is my sister, one Harriet Viola Ruby, known as Harry. George is stiff, I'm goofy. She's impossible. She's never been in trouble with the law that I know of. But there has been more than one incident in the gray area, if you know what I mean. Trying to pin her down will be like trying to lasso a tornado. I almost hate to ask this, Harry, but what did you mean by shoot? And what kind of job? Movie shoot, Worrywart. I have a real career. 
For the past four years, I've been doing stand-in work and stunts for European movie studios. I've been trying to break into the American side of things, but I didn't get an offer until now. Well, that and the studio I was working for didn't want to let me go. I'm a dead ringer for Manon Joubert from behind, and in long shots, which is a good thing, as Manon spends more time with a hangover than with her leading man. I was also the only female in Europe who could get dragged behind a horse without getting hurt. Do not tell Mother that, ever. Don't worry, I'm not that dumb. You're not dumb at all, which is what makes you so frustrating. Yeah, yeah. So, what are you up to? Another murder? And breaking and entering. Great! A Ruby Team effort. I've got a couple of days before I have to be at the studio. Give me something to do, guys. Please. I'll go out of my tree if I have to sit around the house. Well, I can't help you, but Will can. Dory, Will. Uh, oh, I'm gonna regret this, but okay. But you have to do exactly what I tell you. No more, no less. Aye, aye, Captain Little Brother. Should I put her on the phone, Warwick? Not yet. Just remembered, we know someone who may be able to make that drudgery unnecessary. Who? Manny Sarkeesian, the jeweler. He knows everyone in the jewelry district. A five-minute visit to him could cut out hours of phone calls. And he owes us a favor. Let's pay him a visit. Uh, before we do that, though, I want to go back to Lillian's and see if she has any photos of her missing jewelry. The list she gave us is fine, but... Photos could get us farther. I've asked for checks on the son and the housekeeper. Call me when you're done and we can exchange what we know. Oh, by the way, nothing was taken from the other house this morning. Really? Yeah, so it was a diversion. The mystery deepens. Now, let's move out, troops. I'll call you later, George. Hopefully with at least a hint of a clue. Mr. Ruby, back so soon? You didn't recover Mother's things already, did you? Not yet, but we will. I wanted to see if she had any photos of the missing items that I could circulate. Hmm, good question. Mother is in the pool right now. She insists on swimming at least 30 laps every day. She says it's good for her arthritis. She'll be in soon. You can keep me company in the meantime. Aurelia! Bring tea. It's also done her figure wonders. She looks 20 years younger than her age. She's always worked hard to present her best side and leave the other in the dark. By the way, I see there are two lovely ladies now. Who might the new one be? Harriet Ruby, the third in the Ruby Trio. Three cops in one family. That's monotonous. I'm not a cop or a Seamus. I'm a movie stunt woman. I'm just helping out until I have to report to set. You don't say. I'm trying to break into the movies myself. Maybe we'll run into each other in a commissary one day. That's, uh, that's right. You had an audition this morning. I was supposed to, but I rescheduled it after parts was found because I knew I'd be tied up here. Luckily, they had an opening this afternoon. Being the son of a star must open doors for you. I wish. Mother has never curried favors for me. She's mostly ignored my aspirations. When I was small, it was all about Izzy, of course. 
I don't blame my sister. Cancer is a beast. Mother never got over her death. I tried to be the good son, but Izzy always came first, even after she was gone. Mother wouldn't even make a phone call to her Asian friends on my behalf. I had to work my way up the ranks in New York on my own merit and talent. If I had made the calls, you would always be Lillian's boy, and not seen for the fine actor you are. We've had that conversation. Always best to prove yourself without help. What can I do for you, Will? Do you have any photos of your missing jewelry uh, and the portrait? I have a jeweler friend I want to show them to. I think I might have some. Oh, there are three of you now. This must be your sister, Will. The resemblance is unmistakable. Harriet Ruby, at your service. And at your feet. I am a big fan of yours. Your work in Mary of Blackrock was one of the reasons I got into the business. <laughs> You're talking about the gunslinging and bar fighting, aren't you? You have the air of a tomboy. Well, good for you. There should be more women doing that work. I'll be right back with those photos. Here is your tea, Signor. We are out of cake, I'm afraid. The last was eaten when Mr. Ruby was here earlier, and Cook is too upset to make more. Some things have not changed at all, I see. <laughs> no, they haven't. Hey, I only had one piece. Okay, I would have had more, but th that's all there was. It was really good cake. Don't you two start ganging up on me. I wouldn't gang up on you, Will. I would love to know what you were like as a boy, though. Happy to oblige, Francis. I have some great stories. Maybe over a scotch later? It's a date, and I know just the place. No, oh, brother. In all senses of the word. Here you go, Will. Do you need anything else? Besides a muzzle for my sister? I don't think so. Let's go find the nice jeweler, ladies, and no gossiping in the car. My ears are already white hot. Welcome to Sarkeesian Jewelers. How may I help you this fine day? Will Ruby. Ha! <laughs> Such a pleasure to see you. Is it finally time to present that diamond? Thanks, on the diamond day. Uh, I need a help with a case. Uh, by the way, I think you re remember my partner, uh, Francis O'Shea, and, and this is my sister, Harriet. Harry, meaning Sarkeesian. Francis, ah, lovely to see you again. I remember our first meeting well, as you are far too lovely to forget. <laughs> I would have known you a Will sister without the introduction, Harriet. Yours is a rare beauty that only a ruby, be it Will's family or the gemstone, could possess. Thanks, I think. It was meant as the highest of compliments. <laughs> so, Will, how can I help? Has anyone come in recently to sell some jewelry? They would have been uh, older pieces, uh, Art Deco, but, but very high quality. Uh, here's some photos of the pieces. Ah, yeah. Funny you should ask this question. I saw some of these pieces uh, not an hour ago. Did you buy any of them? Pfft, no, young lady, I did not. I felt strongly that they did not belong to the man who presented them to me. They were fine pieces that would belong to a fine lady, and not uh, likely to be uh, <coughs> surrendered willingly. 
I tried to detain him so I could call the police, but the man would have none of that. It left before I could reach for the telephone. Well, you tried. Any chance one of your neighbors would not be as scrupulous? Oh, I, I do not like to speak ill of anyone. Well, let me just say that uh, temptation might be too great for some of my fellow purveyors. If I were to ask a question about uh, recent acquisitions, at say, um, O'Keefe's or Rimikov's, I might get a different answer than the one I gave you. Understood. Thank you, Mr. Sarkisian. Oh, you are most welcome. Uh, when you have completed your inquiries, please return here. <laughs> I have a diamond I would like to see on a hand as beautiful as yours. It is not the largest stone ever, but its cut and clarity have mwah, no rifles. Manny. I'll do that. Don't worry, Will. It will be just as a hand model. Nothing else. No matter how much he hints. Nice guy, even if he does talk in riddles. So now what do we do? We visit O'Keefe's Jewelers or Fine Gems by Rimikov. I vote O'Keefe's. That's right over here. Oh, ooh, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, didn't see you. That's okay, mate. No harm done. Yeah, decent chap. After you, ladies. Good afternoon. How may I help you today? We're looking for something in an Art Deco style. For instance, a... Triangular pendant and platinum outlined with rubies and set with a couple of nice big diamonds. You know, just like the one you just covered with your hand that just happens to match the one in this picture. You the cops? The private kind. Here's my ID. And here's mine. Ugh. This was stolen, huh? I knew there was something shady about that guy. If it sounds too good to be true, it's probably a lie. This necklace is the property of Lillian Paulette, the, uh... Silent film star? I bought the stolen property of a famous person. Great! My goose is cooked for sure. Perhaps if you handed us the necklace, as well as any other pieces you acquired, and you assisted us in our investigation, we might be able to change history a bit? Yeah, sure, whatever you want. Here, take it. This is the only piece I bought, I swear. I told the guy I wanted to see if it sold. There's not much of a market for this old stuff as good as it is. If it sold fast, I'd buy more. Uh, what did this guy look like? Oh, little duck. And I mean little. He couldn't be more than five foot four. Skinny, too. He was wearing a black trench coat, which made him look smaller. Couldn't tell you what his face looked like. He had a fedora pulled low and dark glasses besides. Had a trace of a Spanish accent. Well, maybe Italian. Short in a black trench coat? That sounds just like... The guy I just bumped into. Got it. Harry! Should I go after her? Uh, nah. Like I said before, you can't lasso a tornado. The guy had a head start, so damn, she can't catch him. We'll go out and wait for her. Uh, thank you, Miss... Bridget. Bridget O'Keefe. Bridget. Here's my card. Call me if he turns up again or if you remember something. How about I call you if I'm lonely? You could, if you want to lose all of those capped teeth. Let's go, Will. (laughs) 
That jealousy thing you do is adorable. To a point. You know you can trust me. Yes, but it drives me crazy when women do that in front of me. So, now, what do we do? Wait. She'll be back in a minute. Frankie, what did the man you chased earlier look like? He matched the description of the jewelry seller, only he was definitely taller. Does that mean there are two of them? It's starting to seem that way. Whether they're in cahoots or not, we'll have to find out. And I think I know how. I caught sight of him, but he got in a cab, and the cab pulled away before I could reach it. That's okay, I know where to find him. Well, that version of him, anyway. You know who he is? I sure do. Time to make a plan to catch him. Jewel Thief was Aurelia, Lillian's housekeeper. It had to be. Who else could match the description of the seller and have access? But what about the murder? Who was responsible for that? I didn't buy that it was her. Maybe if we flushed out Aurelia, we'd scare the murderer into coming out of hiding. We went back to the office to work on the plan. I called Lillian to see if Aurelia had returned. She told me she'd been back for a while. She wouldn't have had time to ditch the rest of the hall then, which meant they had to be hidden in the house somewhere. We had to find them. I called George. The next step was going to take at least three rubies and an O'Shea. We reconvened in Lillian's living room. Well, I hate to say you're right in this case, but you're right. Must have hidden them somewhere in this house. Yeah. Might as well say she hid them somewhere in Los Angeles, though. As the housekeeper, she must know every nook and cranny in the place. Then we better get started. You have to be kidding. This place is huge. It's going to take days, weeks, to go through everything. You're not obliged to do any of it. You're the one who wanted in. Oh, yeah. Fine. Where do we start? Why don't you and I tackle the maid's room, Harry? It's both the least likely and the most likely place for her to hide things. Great idea. Well, you and I can start with Potts' room. You're never going to get back into Will's good graces by fighting with him. That's not fighting. And I'm never out of Will's good graces. He doesn't have any bad ones. Not really. You just don't know him the way I know him. No, I don't. But then you don't know him the way I do. I know he's struggling with your presence here, for instance. Why? Nothing in the closet. I checked every pocket and every shoe. Why is Will upset? I think he feels guilty about my leaving, that he was the cause. He was a reason, I'll be honest. But not the only one. And not the cause. Nothing in the bureau, either. So, what was the reason, may I ask? Oh, in a nutshell... Father was hard on him, harder than he was on either Jojo or me. Mother didn't see it. She needed to see it because it was affecting Will even after Father died and we were all adults. One way to get her to see it and to get Will to see it was to remove myself from the equation, so to speak, because I was the one she fawned over. Apparently it worked. You love your brother that much. I love both of my brothers that much. Nothing under the bed. Say, it couldn't be that easy, could it? What do you mean? Sometimes the best place to hide something 
is the last place anyone would think of looking. A place right out in the open. Or, in the case of stolen jewelry, a jewelry box. Uh, Ta-da! I believe this diamond brooch matches one of the photos, and this golden black enamel bracelet, and this diamond and emerald watch. Could work. Wait, don't touch them. Some of those pieces will have fingerprints and we'll need them for proof. Let's go tell Will and Lieutenant George. Sure. Please don't tell Will what I said. I don't want him to feel more guilty than he already does. Tell him what? That you love him? (laughs) That's all I heard. He needs to hear that, but it should come from you. What are you two doing in my room? Oh, just finding the proof that you're a jewel thief. You're under arrest. Or you will be as soon as we bring you to Jojo. Oh, no, you won't. Oh, yes, I will. Harry, Aurelia's headed downstairs. And Harry beat her by vaulting over the railing, dropping into the floor below on her feet. I'm beginning to understand why Will called her a tornado. I told you you were under arrest, and I meant it. Harry, are you all right? Right as rain. I've trained to do stuff like that, remember? What's going on out here? Oh, just the apprehension of a thief. We found the jewelry. Great work. Where was it? In Aurelia's jewelry box, mixed with her own stuff. Almost ingenious, but not ingenious enough when there are rubies around. We left it untouched so you could get fingerprints, Lieutenant George. Does that wrap things up? No, we didn't find the portrait in there. You wouldn't have, because Aurelia didn't steal it. Someone else did. I know who, and it's the same person who killed Potts. Gather everyone in the living room, George. We'll wrap this up Agatha Christie style just as soon as I prove my theory and retrieve the missing portrait. So you've solved the case, Will? We've solved both cases, as there were actually two. We were all going on the false assumption that the jewel thief killed Potts. No! I did not kill Potts! No, you didn't. You just stole the jewelry. (sighs) See, I stole the jewelry. I admit it. I like pretty things, and they are the prettiest. I could not resist, no matter how hard I tried. But the portraits I did not touch. No, you didn't. You knew it meant a lot to Lillian. You like your employer. You just can't help yourself around jewelry. The portrait's not a valuable piece anyway, except sentimentally. It's for that sentimental reason that it was stolen. The thief wanted to hit Lillian right where it hurt the most, take a little revenge for what he perceived as a terrible childhood full of neglect. He saw you sneak into Lillian's room and steal her jewelry. That's what gave him the idea to steal it. He also decided like you, Aurelia, to hide it in plain sight, in a place where it would be full view but never be detected. His mistake was to get caught as he put it in its hiding place. Potts was very loyal to Lillian, even had a bit of a crush on her. When he saw it was happening, he got very angry and threatened to call the police or tell Lillian at the very least. The thief panicked. He pulled the dagger off the wall and stabbed Potts with it. I imagine he didn't mean to kill him, just threaten him, but... Either Potts came at him or he slipped. Either way, Potts was dead. You obviously mean me. Who else would fit your description? But how could you prove such a fantastic story? (laughs) Easily. A man in a panic makes a lot of mistakes. I found the portrait, Tristan, on the hall wall where it would be almost impossible to detect among all the other paintings. I also found your fingerprints on it, 
on the wall and on the mount for the dagger. I found the trench coat and fedora we saw the burglar wearing in your closet. Tristan? Yes, it was me. You didn't get the story quite right, though. The portrait was in my suit jacket pocket. I was going to take it out of here and destroy it on my way to the audition. Potts found it when he was pressing my suit and confronted me in the hall. I never meant to hurt Potts. He was a good old bean. But I couldn't let him tell Mother about the portrait. I snatched my jacket. He rushed me to take it away. I grabbed the dagger just to threaten him, but he did trip like you said and fell on it. When I realized he was dead, I hid the portrait where you found it and pretended to look for him. Why, Tristan? Why would you want to hurt me like that? You know why. It's always been about her. About Izzy. I thought things had gotten better when I was in New York. You didn't mention her in letters, and you even flew out a couple of times to see my shows. The minute I came home, though, it was all Izzy this and Izzy that all over again. I couldn't stand it anymore. I thought if I got rid of that stupid little picture that you'd be out of your life finally, and you could pay attention to me. Oh, I had no idea you felt that way. If you had just said something. No, I should have seen it for myself. I thought I was doing you a favor by making you succeed on your own. I'm truly sorry I failed you. So am I, Mother. So am I. Thanks for taking me out to dinner. I can't call this a celebration, though. The end of that case was truly tragic. Yeah, agreed. Well, they're not all like that, though. Most of the time, bagging the bad guys is very satisfying. That I could get into. And piecing the puzzle together is positively fascinating. Huh. Does that mean you want to switch careers? Heck no. Jumping off of buildings and getting set on fire is a lot safer than what you two do. <laughs> you are a true ruby. Through and through. And proud of it. That being said, if you find yourself desperate for an extra hand sometime, Willie, give me a call. Same goes for you, Jojo. I'll always support my brothers, even the squirt. Who are you calling a squirt? I may be a couple of years younger, but I outgrew you a long time ago. You did, in a lot of ways. And I'm really proud to say you're my brother. See, Flame? I told you Will and George had a sister. So you did, and so they do. There is no denying that she is a ruby. Hello, puppy. Celebrating the end of another case? <sighs> More like commiserating. This was a tough one. May I introduce Harriet Ruby, the middle Ruby child? And she's come back to town for work. She's a movie stunt woman. Harry, this is Flame McDowd. She owns the club next door, the Aloha Club. Pleased to meet you. I like George, and I tolerate Will, so you must be okay. The name and the hair are both real to answer your stare. The minute my parents saw the top of my head, it was the only name they could think of. Good to know, but that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking you must be one of the only people in the world who's impervious to Will's charm. Not impervious, just very aware of it. I'm also aware of the man under the charm. Stop by the club sometime. I have a feeling you're someone I'd like to get to know. And my feelings are always 
Right. Down on it. She needs an apartment even more than friends, so, you know, if you hear one, let us know. In the meantime, you can stay with me, Harry. I've got just enough room for two. And I'd, I'd like to catch up with you. I'd like that too, little brother. We have a lot to talk about. You have even more as of an hour ago. I'll let Will explain later. Right now, I'd like to propose a toast. To our family. The ones we're related to and the ones that mean more to us than just friends. Which includes all of you. To family. This has been the adventures of William Ruby, Private Detective. Brought to you by Amber Silk Beer. Amber Silk. So smooth. So rich. It's the beer that feels as good as it tastes. Buy some today. Tonight's cast included Helen Alamano, Lauren Bombauer, Val Coons, Mike Luce, Richard Tatum, Rochelle Wasserman, and Keith Wright. Story by Val Coons. Sound patterns by Val Coons. This has been a Q Footsteps production. In other words, we get wrong. Ha, 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 ha